listener exclusive. The Limestone Coasts. Week that was. G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to the first ep of the week that was, where we look back at what has made news right the way across the Limestone Coast. Today, we get to talk about commemorations for Queen Elizabeth II. Footy finals are taking place this weekend. Grand final for the Mid South East and KNT. We'll find out all the details that you need to know for a huge weekend of footy and netball. And this week, Limestone Coasters, Ash Kalija from Gordon Education has made the news. We're going to find out why very soon. Kicking everything off, there was a story in the news during the course of the week about reliving the Queen's visit to the Limestone Coast, and I wanted to know more. Here's what Katie had to say. The fallout continues after the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. To mark the occasion, the city of Mount Gambier is putting together a display at the library celebrating the Queen and her visit in 1954. It's expected to be ready today. With Prince Charles now known as King Charles III, Mount Gambia Mayor Lynette Martin says it would be amazing to see him retrace his mother's footsteps. It would, and of course it's very different because she was a very young person when she came to the throne and King Charles will be 74, so it, it's quite a different moment in time. Now after hearing that in the news, Limestone Coasters, I took a trip down to the Mount Gambia Library to check out what was going on. I also decided it was time to catch up with the Mayor of the Mount Gambia City Council, Lynette Martin. She joins me on the line. Lynette, G'day. Good morning, Ewan. Now, Lynette, I have to ask a question. Have you ever been lucky enough to get a glimpse of the Queen? No, not in person. But I did see um, the Prince of Wales when he came here and opened the um, Helpman Theatre Civic Centre. Were you lucky enough to meet him? No, no. Ah. I was just one. I was just in the crowd waving. Hysterically, I might add. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. I would have been too. (laughs) He he was probably only the prince then, not the... um... Not King Charles III, yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But still, I mean, Lynette, I was talking to someone the other day who who actually shook Prince Charles's hand at the Sir Robert Helpman Theatre opening. I mean, I am just two degrees away from royalty here with you and her. Well, see, this yes, is what this is what I like. <laughs> Gets Absolutely. me closer to royalty. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lynette, in in all seriousness, um, the Queen, what what an incredible lady, what an amazing career. Um, who would have thought two days before the final journey she was swearing in a new prime minister? Oh, absolutely, Ewan, and and as she did um, confirm when she was. Uh, coronation, no, when she, at her coronation, yes, as she did uh, affirm at her coronation that she would, um, you know, serve her people, uh, you know, to the end, and she certainly did that. Her dedication to duty and service, I felt always performing her duty with integrity, and as we said, right to the very end, um, you know, two days before her passing, she was um, overseeing the transition of um, the uh, Prime Ministers of the United Kingdom. So just amazing. Now, Lynette, you guys are doing some amazing things to look back at the life and times of Queen Elizabeth II and to take a look back at the history of the Queen's visit to the Limestone Coast. What's going on? Absolutely. In the library, the girls have got this 
beautiful display, uh, primarily about her visit to Mount Gambia in February 1954. And um, I might add that she apparently flew from Melbourne to Mount Gambia that day, spent about two and a half hours here, and then flew uh, back to the Eastern States. So Mount Gambia was the first place she visited in South Australia on that tour. And Lynette, there's some immersive storytelling going on at the library as well as part of that display that the, the team have put together. Yes, there is. The, the clever staff at the library, uh, some time ago, they produced um, this um, video of when the Queen uh, visited in 54. And so what they've done, they've got pictures of then and then pictures of now, and they've got the residents uh, who were there on the day when she visited um, Van Sitter Park. And of course, they were school children then. They are um, talking about their memories of that occasion. So it's fabulous to see, uh, along with um, there's the itinerary of her, uh, her tour here. So it's well worth a visit to have a look at that. Absolutely. And Lynette, we were talking a moment ago, Queen coming to Mount Gambia, first place she visited in South Australia. We're looking at uh, the possibility of King Charles III coming to Australia. It'd be great to see him here as a first stop, wouldn't it? It certainly would, and I think we could you know, claim that. And uh, as it was her first uh, visit to South Australia, she, you know, she popped in, came to Mount Gambia for a couple of hours and flew out again. Uh, and then, of course, she came back here later. But to think that she did come to Mount Gambia as her first stop in South Australia, I think is uh, we need to claim that. Absolutely. Bloody earth. And I don't know whether King Charles is going to bring uh, the Prince and Princess of Wales as well or not, but uh, it'd be great to see everybody come along, wouldn't it, for a trip? It would. I believe they are planning two separate um trips um, from what I'm hearing in the media um, the the Prince and Princess of Wales they are looking at next year and possibly King Charles III uh, the following year so time for some lobbying Lynette time for some lobbying absolutely and I will be in there lobbying (laughs) don't you worry about that now Um, Lynette you guys have got a um, a condolence book as well at the moment to uh, for anybody who would like to sign it um, in regards to Queen Elizabeth's death we do. It's in the reception area at, um, at the Civic Centre. So I encourage everybody to um, come along and um, put their uh, thoughts in writing. And this will then be sent off um, to the, um, the the King in England. Now, Lynette, as we uh, as we have an opportunity to to share our thoughts on Queen Elizabeth and the incredible reign that she undertook from such a young age. I mean, it's, it really is remarkable what she managed to do. Oh, it certainly is. And I think it's an historic occasion to lose our reigning monarch of 70 years. And I think it's a time to celebrate and thank Queen Elizabeth II for her selfless service as head of the Commonwealth. And for me, one of her outstanding qualities was her ability to keep her role and decision-making as Queen separate from her personal life. She had to make many difficult decisions in her life. And we've seen, you know, some most most recently that she had to make Mm. in relation to her children 
uh, and grandchildren. So I, I think as well as all the other tributes that she's been given, I think she was a very courageous woman as well. To to live through the times that she has lived through, to to see the rapid change of pace of life over the course of her seventy year reign, to uh, to be universally loved by pretty much the entire planet, I think she has done a remarkable job, and uh, and duty and service have been above and beyond everything else in her life. Absolutely. Um, I think, um, yes, in in life, um, she was amazing. And I think now in death, we can sit back and reflect how truly amazing she really was. As you say, you know, 70 years of, of service and the changes she saw and, and did keep pace with change so that, you know, they've kept the royalty um, relevant to today. They may not be talking about you or I in a thousand years, but I'm sure they'll be talking about the Queen Lynette. As always, it is great to have a chat. You will talk soon. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ewan. And the grand final stage has been set for both the KNT and Mid South East footy competitions after prelims at the weekend. In the KNT League, Keith claimed victory, but only just over Mandala on Saturday. The score 77 to 69 there. It means we'll see them in action this weekend, hoping to deliver another win against Lucendale for the Premiership. And in the Mid-South-East, Kalangadoos trumped Port Macdonnell 86-61. to They'll face Hatherley for the flag. This weekend, we've got grand finals in the soccer, we've got grand finals in the Mid-South-East, and we've got grand finals for KNT footy and Nettie as well. To talk about the footy, Peter McClellan, he joins me on the line. Peter, g'day. Good morning. Peter, this weekend, it is going to be a cracker of a weekend of footy in the KNT. What can you tell me about what's going on? Well, we've got the two top teams that uh, got through at the end of the minor round. They're playing off on each other. We are a little bit shocked down here. The Queen has died and Mandala's not in the uh, the grand final. So if you know anything about KNTFL, Mandala seems to be in it all the time and win it. So they got knocked out in a ripping game at Narracourt last week by Keith. And they're taking on the top team, Lucendale, who only lost two games for the year at Kingston this year. Now, mate, on top of the big game, which is going to be absolutely massive, um, obviously you've got games taking place right the way across the day. What time are things going to get underway in K&T footy up at uh, Kingston? We start at 9 o'clock in the morning and we've got powerhouses, Narracourt and Kybe Bolite. And Kybe's where uh, Lockie Neal came from, if everyone wants to know and that starts at 9 o'clock, and the last time they played in the second semi, it was three points to Narracourt, so we're expecting another really close game there. Narracourt hasn't lost for the year, I don't think, so I think they're going to go in favourites. So. What then else we've is... got, and then we've got the senior Colts, an hour or so later after all the middle presentations. That, again, we've got Narracourt and Kybe playing each other. And Narracourt are the favourites there, but Kybe have a great record in the senior cult, so they will not be underrated. But I think Narracourt will win that one too. And then in the B grade, which I used to play a lot of footy in, Lucendale, who seem to be the form team, which would nearly be the lock of the day to win against Narracourt, who have come through from the elimination and are just scrapping and fighting. They're on a roll. They're playing great footy. But Lucendale look pretty good in the reserves. Which then leads us to the A grade. It's Lucendale against Keith. It's Bartlett against Logan. 
Spriggs against uh, McMurray there. There's some stars out there. Bradley McCarthy's come back from Glenelg. It's going to be a cracking game of football. Now, Peter, main game of footy for the K&T, 2.20 is when the game's going to get underway? 2.20-ish, depending on how long the coaches talk and presentations <laughs> go. It's On Grand Final Day, we find coaches always give just that little bit extra of a spiel to all the charges at quarter time of every grade. And <laughs> the, the, the day does blow out a bit, but it's... It's their time to show. And then because the crowd's huge, we're all allowed to get on the oval. So around every huddle there, you've got hundreds of people. And some of the old codgers take a long time to wander off and the kids are still kicking the footy. So by the time we clear the oval and get going again, we've lost 10 minutes. But yeah. uh, we allow that. <laughs> Peter, is there anything we need to know for up at Kingston on grand final day? No, there's plenty of parks, the food will be sensational, and there's plenty of food and drinks, and it's just going to be a good day. I'm excited. It's the last game of the year. It's been a long year. We didn't miss any footy this year like, compared to the last couple of years, so the best two teams have got in, and they're going to play off against each other. Any prediction of who's going to walk away the winner? Oh, I'm leading the uh, picking competition there, and I'm going to lean with Lucendale, but... Unfortunately, the team that's finished top the last six years has actually lost. So I don't know why I'm picking them, but uh, it's just the, oh, they seem to be a cut above everyone else. But it's on the day, and it's going to be a little bit windy there, so you're going to have to take your chances. So I'll, I'll pick Lucendale. I'm just picking the four favourites. Footy and Nettie Grand Finals taking place for not only the KNT but for the Mid South East as well. When it comes to Mid South East footy and Nettie. Pete Mitchell joins me for a chat about it. Pete, g'day. G'day, Ewan. G'day, listeners. Now, Pete, this weekend, it is going to be absolutely massive out at Kalangadu. Uh, my word it is. It's the um, obviously the finale for the whole season. We played uh, quite a fair bit of football and that ball throughout the year. And here we are at the uh, the big last day, the uh, the grand final for uh, to complete the season. So uh, it'll be a fantastic uh, day out at Kalangadu with... Uh, Seven of the nine clubs represented in football or netball. Mate, it's fantastic that you've got seven out of the nine clubs represented on the day. That is huge. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's wonderful to have um, a fairly good cross-section of the uh, league um, represented on the day. Adds to the colour, adds to the uh, um, the supporter bases, that, uh, um, all, all the cheering and, and uh, the colours, etc. It's just wonderful. So, um Fantastic. Adds to the excitement. Now, what time is everything going to get underway out at Clangadoo on Saturday? So the junior Colts in the football start around about 9 o'clock and uh, that'll be a cracking game. Uh, we've got uh, Glencoe and Clangadoo, uh, Glen Glencoe and Congron playing in that game and uh, both sides have uh, only lost to each other throughout the year. Congron won the second semi-final a couple of weeks ago in a tough game and uh, expect this game to be another tough encounter for both of these sides. So, Two best sides of the competition for the junior Colts are playing off in the grand final, and that'll be wonderful. The uh, the senior Colts after that will be uh, Robe and Haverley. Uh, Haverley beat Robe last uh, two weeks ago, and that was the first loss for the Robe senior Colts for two years. So, uh, again, a big challenge for, for Haverley to back it up, but uh, the Robe boys, I think, will be uh, wanting to make sure they make amends to that. But uh, it'll be another fantastic junior game of football. Then into the seniors, we've got the reserves uh, between Haverley and Kalangadu. Haverley have won all their games for the, the year in the, in the reserves, and Kalangadu have only lost the two to Haverley. Um, 
and Haverley have been uh, a super side um, for a couple of years now in the in the, uh, the reserves, and uh, I expect they'll be uh, challenging um, very much so uh, to, to win another flag. And in the seniors, the final game, um, Kalangadu and Kalangadu, Kalangadu and Haverley, uh, terrific contests throughout the year. Kalangadu only lost two games throughout the year, just the one game in the minor round and two weeks ago against Haverley. And Haverley have lost a couple more, but uh, I suspect this will be a cracking game as well. Uh, both have got some very good footballers across the whole park and looking forward to seeing a, a great contest. Now, Peter, as you say, it's not only footy. Nettie is going on as well. It is going to be absolutely huge at Kalangadu. Um, What time will gates open and how can people get along to be part of the action? Gates will open around about 730 and uh, and we encourage everyone to get there as, as as early as you can or as early as early as you're able to. There'll be some car parking, um, not as much uh, space directly around the ground, but uh, there's certainly going to be some car parking areas that the uh, Kalangadu Football and Netball Club will organise. And uh, and obviously buses, there'll be opportunities for buses to uh, to come through there. As happens at most grand finals, so. Um, we expect a big crowd um, this weekend. We've uh, had some pretty good finals series so far and we uh, think that we'll have a, a really huge uh, grand final gate. There is undercover areas as well if there is um, any inclement weather, so there's a little bit of space that uh, people can uh, congregate to and, and keep out of the weather, but um, we do expect that uh, whilst it might be a bit brisk and a, a couple of isolated showers, um, we, we still think it'll be a fantastic day. Peter, I know it's like asking which is your favourite child, but Hatherley and Clangadu, who's going to win? Uh, well, look, it's a tough one. Clangadu playing on their home ground, so that's got to give them a bit of an advantage, I, I believe, for a start. Um, and they've they've had a, a, a tough game last week uh, against Port Mac, and Hatherley uh, have had the week off, so they've probably you know, going to be pretty right as well. Um, look, it's going to be hard to, to tell. I believe it'll be a real arm wrestle. Um, two weeks ago at uh, the semi-final, it was uh, all locked away basically at the start of the, the last quarter and uh, and then Hadley were able to get on top. So it could go either way. Um, and, you know, I don't really want to make a prediction because uh, I just think it'll be, uh, it'll be a great game of footy. Peter, always good to catch up. Good luck this weekend. Thanks very much, Ewan. It is going to be an absolutely huge weekend. Footy, netty grand final, soccer grand finals taking place on the weekend as well. If your team is playing, hopefully your team walks away the winner with a flag this weekend. And a local educator is getting a huge nod for her hard work. Ashley Kalija is up for the Teacher of the Year in Disability Award at the 2022 Public Education Awards. She works at the Gordon Education Centre, helping kids of all abilities to learn. And she's even helped compose inclusive songs that represent kids with disabilities. We'll find out the winners in early November with 10000 bucks up for grabs. Livestock Coasters, during the course of the week, I had Katie on the news talking all about Ash Kalija and her being recognised as one of the remarkable teachers that we have in the Limestone Coast. Now, after hearing what was being talked about in the news in regards to the 2022 Public Education Awards, I thought I'd get Ash on the line for a chat. Ash Kalija, she's the special education teacher at Gordon Education in Mount Gambia. She joins me on the line. Ash, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am good. Ash, you have been recognised in the awards for the 2022 Public Education Awards. How does that make you feel? Oh, my goodness. It's very, very um, overwhelming, and it's very lovely to feel 
that all the hard work you do is being recognised, but um, very lucky to have had colleagues to put the nomination in. You're a finalist for the Inclusive Teacher of the Year in Disability Award. Um, tell me about the job that you do and, and how, I suppose, rewarding it is to, to work in that space. Yes, so I am a middle school teacher currently and I have a complex communication class. So all of the students in my class use alternate and augmentative communication. So the class is set up um, to just bring the best out of the students. We cover all our curriculum content using our communication devices and we're just all for student voice. Now, Ash, tell me about Teeny Tiny Stevie's. Oh, they're a fantastic children's band. Um, They've made lots of wonderful, wonderful songs to help young people um, learn lots of different things. And they have made some great resources, such as Boss of My Own Body, I Go to the Toilet on the Toilet, um, all of these fantastic things for young people. And they expressed um, an interest for people's ideas for songs. So I made contact with them about the song's abilities. Now, Ash... (laughs) Day to day, your job must be incredibly hard, but incredibly rewarding. What's the best bit about being a teacher of an all abilities class for you? I think the best bit is seeing our young people achieve, seeing them meet um, all of their learning outcomes and pushing themselves to to get the best out of their, their learning. And Ash, when do we find out whether you are going to be named the Inclusive Teacher of the Year? I believe it's November 4. There's an award ceremony, so possibly November 4 or November 5. Are you a bit nervous? Very nervous. (laughs) Very nervous. (laughs) Hey, Ash, it's been great to have you on to talk about it today. Good luck. I would love to know, no matter what happens, how you go at the award ceremony. Uh, And we'd love to know how the night goes. So give us a yell back and uh, tell us all about it, will you? Will do. Thank you. Listener.